Um, so we're going through the book of Proverbs, right? That's what this, this whole chat, uh, series is about. It's the trip. We're, going, we're working our way through the book of Proverbs, the themes that you see in Proverbs. And I really like going through Proverbs every time I read it because mostly you don't have to read very far before you're like, whoa, I should do that. You're like, what's my Bible reading today? First verse, you're like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, whole quiet time in 10 seconds. This is awesome. <laughs> so I really like going through the Proverbs. Uh, but the thing about Proverbs, and, and maybe this is just me, maybe you guys, I, I mean, I was a tuba major, so that should say a lot. Um, that's why I do ministry now. Anyway, um, does anyone ever read Proverbs, and you're going through Proverbs, and you think, where are they going with this? I mean, has anyone ever else experienced that feeling besides me? You're like, he's talking about marriage, and now the next verse is talking about finances, and now I'm talking about eating too much honey, and I don't get this. So, uh, and so I want to show you a clip. Now, if you're a guy and you've been to Forge, you might have seen this before, but this clip kind of illustrates the absurdity for me sometimes when I'm trying to understand why Proverbs is put together the way that it is. But I want to watch this. This is a few minutes long, but it's funny. Hint, pay attention to the commentary. This is where it gets good. So that pretty much wraps up what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> Jump, spinning heel kicks, and flying triangles. How did this fight even make sense? Like, where were the people thinking, I got an idea? <laughs> that, 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 I mean, that's hilarious, by the way. I've watched that like three times today. Or I guess now. It's hilarious. I'll walk by watching it when I get home. That doesn't make sense in the world of sports. And that sometimes is how I feel when I try to read Proverbs. I'm, I'm, I'm reading Proverbs, and I'm, and I'm reading, going through, and I'm like, I don't get the connection of why these things are where they are. Um, you know, for most of Proverbs are written by the guy named Solomon. Now, Solomon was a king who is the son of King David. And, and I kind of get this picture, you know, Solomon's on his throne, and he's sitting there one day, and he's like, hey, scribe, come on. <laughs> Write this down. It's bad if you're not good. <laughs> but it's good if you're not bad. Write that down. That's going to be in the Bible. <laughs> okay, I got another one. This one's about eating honey. <laughs> right? You know what? It's just like, I don't think that's... Okay, so it didn't make sense to me. And then when I was in seminary, I started studying Old Testament Hebrew, Old Testament Hebrew, really, language, really, and how language is put together. And, and, it, and, and it all started coming back to me, and it, it made sense once I realized that Hebrew is a poetic language. Now, we don't understand that because we're English, and English is, is a Germanic language, which means it's, it's more linear, right? I mean, in an English language, you basically have a subject and a climax, and you kind of, it's, it's all forward, and then you conclude it. Hebrew is a poetic language, meaning it's, it's poetry, and much of the entire Bible is a poetry. Now, there are poetic books, and there is uh, historical books, but most of it is poetry because at the time, there were not books. So the way that they were able to memorize and pass on the scriptures is they would memorize them in song or in poetry. So much of the first five books of the Bible, much of the history, even some of the letters, these are written in a poetic form because that's what the Hebrew and Greek languages were. Now once you start realizing that, you realize there's a lot of forms to this. Uh, and, and, and one of the forms that we use in Hebrew is what's called parallelism. Now this is different than what we do in English. English we we kind of have repeating um, like syllables, right? Like uh, you know phrases. So we say something like "roses are red, violets are blue, look like a monkey, smell like one too," right? <laughs> There's a repeating pattern, 
and there's repeating you know, syllables and sounds, and that's how we create our poetry. Now, in Hebrew language, it's very different. Hebrew language uses what we call parallelism. And what that is, it's a repeating of a phrase, or it's a, re a repetition of, of a context, or, a, or something they want to understand. You guys ever read scripture and you thought, they keep saying the same thing over and over again? Well, that's because that, and their language, that's their way of stressing something is important. Remember, they didn't have, they didn't have uh, Bibles, they didn't have language, they didn't, I mean, they didn't have, like, you know, scripts, you know, text. They couldn't use bold text or, or italicized fonts, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't make something bigger. They had scrolls. So in order for them to point out that something was important, what they would do is they would use repetition of phrases, and that's what's called parallelism. Now, what we're going to look at tonight is one of my favorite forms of that. It's called a chiastic parallelism. And the easiest way to kind of describe that is, is, is basically it's like a good burger. Okay, now, what's the best part of the burger, right? It's the meat, yeah. right? The best part of any burger is the meat, especially it's like juicy, tender, bathed in butter kind of meat, right? And what you do is you have this meat. People are like, Walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. 
If you don't hear anything else tonight, if you don't hear any other scriptures or anything else I talk about tonight, please remember this one verse. He who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will be found out. Now, everything that we're going to look at is going to come back to this one statement that integrity brings security in life. When you walk with integrity, you don't have to spend your whole life looking back behind your shoulders, wondering if you're going to get caught, wondering if, if a choice that you made that you knew was not the right thing is going to get caught up with you. When you walk with integrity, you're free to move forward in life, not having to worry about the consequences and things in your past because you know that you've done things rightly. However, if you pervert your way, if you pervert the ways in your life, you will be found out. Now, when we pervert something, often when we pervert scripture, we pervert a truth in our life, it really what it is is because we feel like this truth, God's word, is preventing us from something that we really want right now. All right? Now, an easy one to, 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 to drag on, I guess, is sex, right? This is, this is huge and rampant in our society. Everywhere you go, I mean, Disney movies tell you it's okay to experiment. You need to find who you love, and if you can't have good sex, you might as well not even get married. That is wrong, by the way. Okay, that, don't do that. Get married. The sex is better afterwards. <laughs> Trust me. When you pervert, not that I ever had experience before yet, so I guess I don't have anything to compare it to, but it's really good at that. <laughs> something, you twist it, you're taking it out of, people are like, oh, I can't think of anything else now. <laughs> it's like, I need to talk to Paul tomorrow. <laughs> when we take things outside of the boundaries that God is setting for us, that is perverting your ways. And if you pervert your ways, you will be found out. This is not an if, this is not a maybe, this is not something that says, look, your consequences, if you pervert your ways, you might get found out someday. This is something that will happen in your life. If you pervert your way, if you, if you twist what God's word is saying in your life, it will catch up to you. All right, I'm 35. You guys are like, what, 12? Okay. <laughs> oh, 19 now, right? That's where college is. Um, my kid's four now, side note. And um, I was talking to him the other day. He's like, Dad, I know. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> um, here's the thing about when you go outside the boundaries of God. That is called sin. And here's the truth about sin. Sin is selfish. Sin is arrogant. Sin wants to be revealed, and it wants to be seen. You can't hide sin in your life because that is not the nature of sin. Sin is arrogant. It wants to have all the glory. It wants to have all the recognition. It wants to be seen. So when you allow sin into your life and, and you try to hide it, it will seep out and you will be found out because that is the nature of sin. Okay, guys? However, walking with integrity is staying within those boundaries. It's staying within the boundaries that God has said in scriptures. And when you do, you're secure. You're protected in life. So this is really the first thing that we're looking at is, is, is integrity is security in life. When you live a life of integrity, you are living a life that is secure. Now that's the me. Okay, that is the, the, that is the biggest and truth that we need to remember tonight. Now, everything else we're going to talk about is going to go back to the supporting argument that integrity brings security, okay? Just track with me. Let's look at the second point now. Integrity brings trustworthiness. Now, these are the very next verses on either side of verse 9. This is verses 8 and verses 10. Realize, remember what, what we talk about on chiastic parallelism? Repetition of phrases. Listen to these two verses, verses 8 and verses 10. The wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. The next verse. Whoever wings maliciously causes grief. And what do you know? A chattering fool causes ruin. Repetition of thought. Repetition of phrase. Notice that um, 
the chatter of the fool. Now, in the, in the New King James Version, they use a word called a pratting, a pratting fool. And I really like this word pratting because we don't use it very often. And the, the idea of a pratting person is someone that basically talks a lot of talk, but they don't have any game. Right? I mean, basically, they're, they're, they're just talking about all the great things they can do, how, how great of a person they are. But then when it comes down to it, they're really not putting up any points. They're just pratting around. They have this empty boastfulness about themselves. That's what a pratting person is. Well, a pratting fool comes to ruin because they can't actually produce anything in their life. Now, this, this phrase might be a little confusing on first sentence. It says, whoever winks maliciously causes grief. Now, what this is referring to is the kind of person that when you are you know, asked to do something, you're okay with kind of going outside the boundaries. You're winking maliciously towards sin. You're winking maliciously toward the things that are outside of the boundaries that God has set. You're okay with not doing the best job of something but saying that you did. You're okay with fibbing a little bit. You're okay with uh, you know, estimating the report just enough to make you look better. Because, hey, why not? But here's the thing. That doesn't bring trustworthiness. See, a chattering fool comes to ruin because in the end, they're not contributing. But a wise in heart accepts commands. Now, someone that can accept command for someone that's a boss or someone that's over people, you are willing to accept commands, and that makes you a trustworthy person because I don't have to go back now and wonder if you did what I asked you to do. I don't have to go back now and, and follow up on everything you've done. You are a trustworthy person because you accept the commands and you follow through with them. I don't have to question your effort. You're loyal, and this is integrity. Being a loyal person, being a trustworthy person is a person of integrity. So i got to ask you, is that you? Could I use that word to describe you tonight? Are you a trustworthy person or are you okay with going outside the boundaries just a little bit? Maybe not both feet out, but maybe just one foot out. Just enough so that you take the pressure off a little bit or just enough to make you look a little bit better than everyone else. See, a person of integrity brings trustworthiness into your relationships. Next, Integrity is number three. Integrity brings uplifting speech. Now, this is the next section of verses after this. So again, we're working our way outward from verse 9. Verses 6 and 7 and verses 11 through 13. Blessings crown the head of the righteous, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. The name of the righteous is used in blessings, but the name of the wicked will rot. Okay, now follow the next set of verses. It says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. And wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of the one who has no sense. You see, guys, what this is talking about is our speech, our conduct. And here's the thing. Your speech carries your reputation. Your speech carries your reputation. The name of the righteous is used in blessings. In the name of the wicked will rot. Whether you have a good reputation or a bad reputation, your speech will create that reputation for you. Are you a person known for always having dirty jokes? Or are you a person that's known for always speaking well of people? Are you a person that's known for making fun of people and the things that you, know, that you don't have or that they don't have that you do? Or are you a person that always is, is talking well of people that you don't even know and you're, you're giving people the benefit of the doubt? You see, your speech carries your reputation. Words bring life. Some examples that, that these verses give us is hatred really stirs up conflict. It does. Our speech stirs up conflict. But love covers the wrongs. Wisdom is found on the lips with those with understandings. And here's the thing, though. If your mouth, your speech, if it's not kept in check, 
If you can't keep your mouth in check, it will cause harm and pain in your life. It will cause harm and pain in the lives of other people around you. Just to give you an example, um, most people, um, and this is a study, most people, most CEOs, when they fire people, it is not because of a lack of skills. It's a lack of character. The number one reason that people are fired is not because they can't do the job. It's because they don't have the character to match the job. It's your speech. You're going to end up in pain. So, integrity brings uplifting speech. Number four, again, we're working our way out looking at verses 5 and 14 now. We're moving on from verses 9, okay? We're heading toward the buns. Uh, number four, like that? All right. Okay, number four, integrity brings good judgment. This is another element, another facet of integrity. Integrity brings good judgment. Check out, the again, the comparison, the parallelism between these verses. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. It says the wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. You see the, the comparisons there? Just like someone gathers crops and summers, that, that person is wise because they realize, hey, the winter is coming. We need to gather our crop now. So is the person that stores up knowledge because he's wise enough to realize he's about to come up against things in life that he, by himself, with what his, his knowledge right now is not going to equip him for. So he stores up knowledge to gain judgment. So that when he comes to the, the things later in life, he's been able to learn from those that have gone before him. He's stored up knowledge. We see the, the, the disgraceful son, he sleeps during the harvest. He doesn't see any need for it. He's living for the moment. In the mouth of a fool invites ruin. So integrity brings good judgment. Okay, number five. Integrity brings provision. Okay, integrity brings provisions in life. Proverbs 10.4 says, a lazy person will end up poor, but a hard worker will become rich. In Proverbs 10.15, having lots of money protects the rich, but having no money destroys the poor. You see, diligence is having and showing care in one's work and one's duties. And, and being a hard worker means that you just don't try to get by, but it means that you do everything that is right. You do what's right before the Lord, you do what's right before others, and you do what's right before your job. Integrity brings provision because when you do your job with integrity, you get to keep your job. <laughs> if you slack off, you get by, guess what happens? You get fired. Okay, now I know some, who has jobs here, okay? Some people are working. Okay, I'm going to tell you a reality about life. If you fail a class in college, what do you get to do? You get to try, try again, and your parents get mad at you. Right, because you just cost them more money. Right? But if you fail, a, you fail a class in college, a big deal, you get to try it again. Guess what happens if you get you know, fired from your job? You lose your job. You don't get to try that one again. You have to go find a new job. So the stakes get higher. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay? Integrity brings provision. In the end, the hard worker is provided for. The lazy, they just get fired. That's the reality of life, guys. Figure it out. You'll figure it out one way or another. One way or another, you will prove that correct, whether keeping a job or, or getting fired. <laughs> Lastly, integrity brings a life full of value and worth. And I apologize for the long phrase there that you have to write. Yeah. I know the rest of you. know, You're like, these one words. It's a great day. You're like, what? That's like six words. <laughs> Seven. All right? Apologize. You can, you can deal with it later. You can, tell me later. You, can, you can send me an email if you really got upset by that. <laughs> Integrity brings a life full of value and worth. Let me read these verses to you. 
Tainted wealth has no lasting value, but right living can save your life. The Lord will not let the godly go hungry, but he refuses to satisfy the cravings of the wicked. And then Proverbs 10, 16 and 17 says, Good people are rewarded with life, but evil people are paid with punishment. Whoever accepts correction is on the way to life, but whoever ignores correction will lead others away from life. When I was young, younger, um, I used to have this game system called the Nintendo. It was epic. It was like 16-bit, you know. We're like, dude, throw the Atari away. The NES is here. We're like, whoa, NES is ridiculous. It's not coming. It's incredible. <laughs> you know, it works better to put the gun right up on the screen. It's cheating, but we talked about that already. Then. So anyway, uh, Nintendo is classic for having like really wicked hard games. Like they were really impossible to play. So uh, Nintendo created this thing called the Game Genie. Has anyone ever heard of the Game Genie? Okay, you can verify that I'm not making this up. <laughs> the Game Genie was this really fun device that you would plug your game into, and then you plug the whole thing into the NES, and then you could have cheat codes, right? So you play this game. Anyone ever play Super Contra C? Yes, thank you. Epic game. That game you cannot win. It's, it's designed to not win. You will die. Always. So the Game Genie had this code you could put in called, you gained a life for every life you killed. And if you understand the game, you kill like 100 people every level, so basically infinite lives. I still couldn't beat the game. <laughs> That's how hard the game is. But you know, this game genie—it it, kind of had this aspect of like you finally beat this game, and then you'd be like, "Yeah, I beat it," but I used cheat codes, so it's not like the best feeling. This is kind of what happens when you have tainted wealth, when you do things and you gain things in life outside of the boundaries of God. This is what happens when you you have sex before marriage. Um, you fall into the things like porn. Um, you, you gain status and privilege, but you, you do it in a way by making fun of other people. You see, you're, you're gaining what you want in the moment, but you're doing it in a way that has no lasting value. Here's the truth about sin. Sin always promises, but it never delivers. It always holds on to you longer than you want, and it takes you down further than you want to go. That's just the truth about sin. It always promises, but it never delivers in life. Now, on the other side... Accepting correction keeps you on God's path, and when you receive what you've desired, your result is a real lasting value. Um, now, I want to make a side note, because I, I know that this is a reality for some people. You know, if you've done things like I've just mentioned, if you've had sex, if you've, you know, you've made fun of people that gain popularity, I just want to let you right know right now that that does not define you. If you've given your life to Jesus, you've repented of that sin, that does not define you anymore. Do you understand that? You need to know that. That is something that the enemy holds over you. If you've done those choices, if you repented of those choices, you have been made new by the blood of Jesus Christ, then who you are is made new. You need to know that. So please don't think that I'm telling you that's something that you are that you are not. Okay? I just want to let you know that. That's not in my notes, but hey, this is reality. So you need to know that you are made clean by the blood of Jesus. All right? And because of that, we can experience a life full of value and worth. You see, it all comes back to verse 9. He who walks securely, or he who walks with integrity, walks securely. He who perverses his ways will be found out. So I want to wrap up tonight. Um, I want to give you one question. I want to give you one question. If you're going to live your life with integrity, you have one question you have to answer. Will you do what is right? That's it, guys. If you want to live a life of integrity, the only question you have to answer is, will I do what is right? We do what's right when the pressure's on. We do what's right when the pressure's off. 
Will you do what's right when people are watching you? Will you do what's right when no one's watching you? Will you do what's right when you have to wait? Will you do what's right when you have to act immediately on something? Will you do what's right when people are depending on you? Will you do what is right? If you can answer that question, then you will live a life full of integrity. No matter the opportunities, the situations, the circumstances, the frustrations, which will happen, life will throw curveballs at you. And if you decide now to do what's right, and you'll experience the blessings and rewards and the fruit and the lasting joy and the lasting value and the lasting worth that God wants to give you. I want to wrap up one more. Uh, I want to wrap up tonight with one last verse. Um, Proverbs thirteen twenty one says, "Trouble chases sinners, while blessings reward the righteous." Trouble chases sinners, guys. You can't get away from it. It will chase you. While blessings reward the righteous. Now, in the New King James Version, it says, trouble chases sinners while blessings chase the righteous. And I like that translation because if you are living a life of integrity, blessings will chase you down. They will chase you down. They will hunt you down, and they will reward you. <laughs> and you'll be like, stop it! <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell one more story, and then I'll be done. I've got a minute over. But, um, last week, we were in Florida. I was spending time with, with family. And uh, we were living in a hotel, and, and unfortunately, our week didn't go the way that we had planned. Um, and then we started going, we, we actually ended up going through a fairly difficult uh, situation. But while we were there, God continued to put very kind people in our path. Um, but what happened is that my mother passed away. Um, that's what happened. Um, it wasn't expected. We knew that it could happen, but we didn't expect it to happen as quickly as we did. Um, and as I was, I was, was working through that uh, with my family and my children and my wife and my brother and my sister, um, God continued to put very kind people in our path. And um, we would not have made it through that week without those blessings. And you see, blessings chase the righteous. Blessings chase those that live with integrity. But the, other, the opposite is equally true. Troubles will chase you down if you go outside the boundaries. I know that's not encouraging for you, but it is reality. So I want to encourage you tonight, live a life of integrity. Live a life deciding now when you're 18, 19, 22, I'm going to do what's right every time. And you will live a life full of blessings.